0: Welcome back everybody to the Thrive Street Podcast, Mastering the Art of Thriving at Life, where we talk about creating change in our lives and the world around us. I'm your host JJ, this is my co-host Gigi. Say hi Gigi. Hi! <laughs> nice, nailed it. Alright, so, <laughs> so I got a treat, special treat for you guys. We are going, oh and then we, we have our, our, our co-host Oliver, <laughs> just Hello. popped in there for a second. Um, I'm going to try to share this uh, uh, this video let's see show for all windows Uh, and this is a movie of me um, uh, trying those jet boots that you see uh, people doing right so this is one of the ones where there's a there's a boat that's attached by hose and it the jet from the jet boat is it shoots out from two jets under your feet and you can see me get up to about 10 feet above the water there and uh, which doesn't sound like a lot but when you're when your feet are 10 feet high and you're six feet tall your head is six feet above the water and then I lose it. I lose it r- r- coming up here, and I sort of give up. And the problem is, is the jet boots then pile drive me into the water backward. Uh, um, I, uh, not quite yet. Yeah. But you can see how high I am. You can see how small the boat is. The, and you can see the hotel, hotel in the background there. But um, it was actually, after I got the hang of it, it was pretty cool. It was actually pretty easy to get around. And, and um, it's nothing like snowboarding or anything else I've ever tried, it's very different. But uh, look, look at the concentration on my face. Oh, here it goes. Boom! That knocked the shit out of me <laughs> that was definitely the, my worst my worst spill, um, and then you can see, yep, me underwater um, about the but the only thing I 've used my GoPro for in the last uh, in the last like year, so that was last year with me in jamaica but but uh, um but yeah, it was it was a, a fun thing, and and uh, it's going to tie into what we're talking about today. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is um, I want to touch back on last week's podcast where we talked a little bit about triggers and one that I've been using. Actually, I started a little bit before the last podcast we did, but I've been able to keep it pretty consistent, and, and uh, it's working out really well for me. And then and then I also want to uh, talk about um, using a partner or a, a buddy. You know, somebody to help you stay accountable when you're trying to make some small changes um, or even some big changes and you can't afford to pay a, a, you know accountability coach, somebody to somebody to really give you all the directions. Like, you know exactly what you need to do, but it's just that that ongoing accountability for <coughs> for weeks and months. Excuse you. Uh, bless you. Um, so so. Um, uh, but the other thing we're going to talk about today is an article that um, just more research going over why getting outside is so important. And one of the things the article says was that getting outside for 20 or 30 minutes was the, it, this uh, basically had the same effectiveness as giving a kid a prescribed ADHD medication. Right? That
1: line like literally fucking floored me when I read that. And, and it, it was almost like when you read through the article,
0: um,
1: it was almost like a throwaway line too. Yeah. It was like, blah, 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 blah. And of
0: course. Out, right. <laughs>
1: oh 20 minutes of walking in nature is the same as a dose of whatever right and i was like what <laughs> and you just like it's like it literally is like a throwaway line in the middle of this article and but it's so profound because it's like you take everyone in the school every morning who has adhd and you all start your day by going for a walk and then none of those kids in that school need medication like that yeah, that's it's not
0: hype it's not a. it's not adhd it's it's n you know ndhd (laughs) nature deficit hyperactive disorder (laughs) you know it's like they're you know and and i do and i really do think that a lot of these sort of conditions are exacerbated by a lack of exercise and physical movement you know they say that even having kids stand up um, in class more often and, and and then getting outside and then exercise you know, makes it, you know, they just get worse and worse and they get spun out. But we'll talk about that after this first part. And uh, let's start with the trigger thing. So, so one of the things that I, that I, um, I I have a a really uh, chronic sort of hip uh, issue where my L3, my hip is so tight from an injury, you know, 15 years ago that my L3 has migrated over a quarter of an inch. The discs are still intact, but it's a lateral movement. And it's been causing me back pain for like five years. And and I really cut my training back, and and I'm trying to work around it. And it's just something that I just have to I have to actually apply effort to. It's not something that I can just sort of work around or ignore. And um and I've and I come and go in waves. And and uh, there's some I usually do the Stuart McGill Big Three. If you guys do any of my stuff, you should know what that is. Um, it's three basic movements, and I've come up with some of my own and kind of pulled from other sources. And it's just it's basic rehab and it has to do with you know the ability to control your trunk and your pelvis and and it really does help um fire the right muscles so your back feels better and it only takes like five to ten minutes and and um i should be doing it once or twice a day but i don't (laughs) you know it's like i I feel like if i if i do have the motivation and the effort to do something for five or ten minutes i'm usually what i'm going to do is try to fit in a workout of some kind or something else for you know for that and so um I, I've you know gone in fits and starts, and uh, but the other thing I've been trying to do is uh, eat earlier in the day because I kind of gotten the intermittent fasting thing pretty early on. I'm really fat adapted, so I don't get hungry, I don't get hunger pains. So I usually wouldn't eat until like two or four p.m. and I'm I'm fine. And I eat a ton of food between like two and nine or ten p.m. and then and then I go to bed. Um, uh, and all the research is saying that like eating earlier and starting your fast if you're going to fast, start your fast sooner. Um, is, is better for sleep. It's better for overall health and all these other markers. And so, and and one of the things is I, I have trouble falling asleep at night. That's why I know so much about sleeping. (laughs) And, and, uh, uh, they say that if you eat something first thing in the morning, it sort of starts your chronological, you know, your circadian rhythm clock, like a countdown clock. So you get up, you get some sunshine, you get some food, maybe a little bit of movement, like a walk or something, it doesn't have to be a workout. And then as you, and then that like starts like a 16 hour countdown. And then after so many hours, you're going to start getting ready for bed, assuming you're not spending too much time in the light or stressed out or whatever. And so I'm trying to eat earlier. So I've just decided I'm going to do a protein shake. I need more protein. Everybody needs more protein for the most part. So I've been doing a protein shake. Uh, um, but I hate like shaking it and then drinking it when you get like, the, it's all foamy and bubbly. And,
1: no, no, you got to use a magic bullet.
0: Yeah, I don't have a magic bullet. Um, That's
1: like a. Th- 15 year old
0: thing now at this point. I know, I know, yeah, I know what they are. The, um, but then it's more dishes. I don't know. It's like I just like to do my shaker cup. Now, my, but my, my trigger is I do my shaker cup, I put it down, and then I go do my stuff for five to 10 minutes, right? So I, that's my, my trigger is shaker cup. My, you know, my habit is do my exercises, and my, my reward is the shake. Right, and so this, and it's it's been consistent now for for a while, and it's it's helping. My back's starting to feel better. I've got my training more consistent, and um, so that's kind of a follow up of something of a a trigger that I've been using um, that has been working really well. And the other thing that's been helping me be more consistent with my training is um, uh, is actually having some really good buddies to train with. And I think uh, you know for so long I've always been the expert. I've always been the coach, and whenever I go to the gym or when I work with people, I'm always in coaching mode, and I and I start to feel like not guilty, but I almost feel like I, I, I need to give them, you know, coaching advice. And so I'm paying more attention to them and I'm not really focusing on working at myself. And for those of you guys who don't know, I started CrossFit in 2004 and didn't have any training partners or anybody. I just trained by myself. And so I'm used to training by myself. And, and uh, that worked for a really long time when I had high motivations of, you know, not getting pummeled in MMA. I wanted to be fit. So I, <laughs> I trained a lot on my own. And, uh, but now that I've been, I'm training, I've been trying to train on my own a lot more and I'm just, la- I'm just lacking motivation. And so, um, what I've been doing now is, is, uh, I've got a group of friends, some guys that will meet up at, at, at the gym or we'll go to each other's houses if we have equipment and we'll just, we'll make these, these mandates, um, and we'll bro down, you know, and we'll, we'll do a lift and we'll do a Metcon or sometimes we just lift and go for a long walk. And it's a time for us to catch up and kind of confirm those relationships and, and, and to keep up with each other, but also, you know, if you get like two, you know, if you have three friends and you can train with two of them consistently once a week, that's two of your workouts down. If you can get one on your own or, or you know, and then maybe a, a, a trail run or a hike or something like that, you're, you're, you're done. You're three, four, four days a week, you're in, you know? And so that's also been helping me be really consistent as well as training with, with having accountability partners, having buddies, right? Have you ever had something like that where you use people to kind of help keep you motivated?
1: Yeah, I opened my own gym so that I could hang out with the people that I liked. So like, <laughs> get motivated. That's basically what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, they, like, but that's literally like why um, we, I'm going to say we, me and my ex-husband opened our gym was because we were like kind of, we were at one gym, we we're at another gym. And like he was working as a personal trainer and we'd bring our friends in. And it wasn't the right environment for us to like hang out and take advantage of that like that kind of community aspect of it, right? So mm-hmm. opening, <coughs> opening our own place.
0: Bless <coughs> you. Oh, sorry, everybody.
1: <laughs> You're apologizing for my season. Oh, they must be terrible. So <laughs> opening our own place was where we were able to like play, you know, you play your own music and you hang out with the people that you like. And it was really important to kind of keep the community with awesome people that we'd like to hang out with so that you do look forward to going and working out with them. And I will say that now the opposite has happened. So I, when I, after we closed the gym, um, now I just work out at a community center and which was fine for like the first year. Uh, but now like I, it's literally like going to, and I know that what I need is to go back to a CrossFit style gym and to find a community again. And to do that, I don't have like a garage gym at my house, so I'd have to go somewhere else and send inviting my friends over like you can. Um, but I know, I know that that's what I need. And I'm kind of just like, I'm just dragging my heels, but I know that's what I need and I just got to get back into it. And you know, hit at nine thirty 30 plus every day or whatever, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, if you, even if you were going to like more of a globo gym and you had, like I said, two or three friends that all kind of like had like set, like we're going to meet up at this time and there's texting, like what's your schedule like this week? And even if you just get together once or twice a week, um, it's, it, it does make you more consistent, right? And they're whole, cause they're holding you accountable. You're holding them accountable. Um, this is really true with nutrition and, um, it was really uh, a really good example. Of this was my wife went on like a, you know, like a overnight with a bunch of her girlfriends and then she came back and was like, I'm going to go vegan for a week. And I was, and she's never discussed or talked about that ever. And, um, she definitely watches what she eats and, and does, does some pretty good tracking. She goes through phases of tracking and stuff. And she, um, and so I was kind of like, well, that's, came out of nowhere where did that come from one of her friends did a 10-day vegan fast which again i don't i don't like to, to to hate on any particular diet but i will say that the vegan diet is very hard to do correctly um it takes a lot of effort and and um and you need to um really understand what you're what you're getting into but and i also think that um from a long you know consistent long term uh, uh it's it's uh, probably not the healthiest diet so if you're doing it for spiritual reasons or animal rights reasons, you know, that's different. But if you're trying to do it for optimal health, then um, st- uh, sticking with a vegan diet for a long period of time um, is, is really is going to set up some serious challenges. But doing it maybe for a fast is not a bad way to maybe check on some of your food sensibilities. So, you know, you might be sensitive to certain certain foods that you're eating and a vegans a way to okay, I'm gonna eliminate all animal products and and uh, and see how I feel. And so this one woman, she she saw great benefit, the five friends tried it, And what was great about this was they all had like a, you know, little WhatsApp group or whatever little chat group and they were texting each other all the time. So it's always in the front of your mind. Someone's like, Oh, I found this really great curry, you know, sauce. And someone else said, Oh, this is a really great non, you know, non-dairy creamer that's still healthy. And, and, uh, um, for your coffee and and so they had they were giving you these ideas and they were kind of following up with each other. Um, at the end of it, out of about five of them, um, I think all of them gained a couple pounds except for my wife. She lost a couple pounds, <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. And you know, like the 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 science nerd in me was like, oh, I wonder what what they were doing. And I suspect that that um, my wife, you know, we eat we eat meat and vegetables, you know, every day, every meal. And so I think she was more prepared to just go veg to go to vegetables. Where I think most people Will tend to gravitate toward, like, you know, technically Oreos are vegan. <laughs> Not or that they're
1: these... on, like, like, bread or pasta or whatever. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, they'll do these, you know, exactly, little bagels and pasta, you know, like, it's, in, it's like vegetarian. Sometimes I say, Are you a vegetarian, like vegetables, or are you a carbotarian? Like, you eat rice, pasta, cool. and bread and all the time, because that's what a lot of vegetarians I talk to eat cause it's just so easy. And, and, um, so she really tried to make all of her stuff was all just vegetables, you know? So, so, um, um, so that could have been part of it, uh, um, of, of the differences. And so I don't really know, you know, exactly what, what the differences was. And, you know, she might've lost a little bit of muscle cause she wasn't getting enough protein. You know, it's not like, uh, it's not necessarily a positive, you know, but it was an interesting, uh, um, result. Uh, but again, I, the, sorry. what were you saying?
1: I was just going to say it's, it's, pretty difficult to replace calorically if you're only eating vegetables and like nuts and stuff and oils um to replace all of the calories that you get from you, right so even if yeah. it's a calorie deficit that she had for a week that would explain right?
0: and that's and that's kind of what i did see there was a there was a little bit more of a calorie deficit than she was you know pr- a recording before that and so again there's also this thing too where you're, you're recording these calories but are you really absorbing them you know because there's a lot of fiber and a lot of things that you're that you may not actually you know uh squeeze out every calorie of everything you eat um and so she, you know so she probably wasn't even absorbing all those calories and so that could have, that could be it as well and that's where you know people who do, go vegetarian or vegan who see a lot of weight loss that could be part of it um usually what we see is people who are just, they just start eating less junk. You know, they're just eating less bad foods. And so then, you know, it's the same thing. It used to be that when people went gluten-free, when they had a legitimate celiac disease, you know, 30, 40 years ago, um, it was actually, this is an interesting piece of history. The the original, um, it was a banana diet. So when people, when they, there was these people who were really, these kids were dying and they were wasting. They had a wasting disease, and they didn't know what it was, and they couldn't figure it out. And these kids were dying. And one doctor figured out if they just fed them bananas, they would they would live. And so that was like the first sort of gluten free diet was we're just going to feed them bananas on every on every all the time. And I don't know about you, I love bananas, but I don't want to eat them every day. And you know,
1: so yeah, go ahead. And then uh, I have another story about that.
0: Um, And so, so uh, again, like a lot of times when people would used to go uh, gluten free because there wasn't a lot of like these delicious, you know, gluten free brownies and breads and all these things, they would just gravitate toward meat and vegetables and then they lost weight and they leaned out and we don't see that anymore. You know, people who go gluten free or even celiacs, um, people that have a severe allergy to gluten, um, they don't lose the weight like they used to you know, and, and I think that's because they have all these, these other things. So, you know, going back to the whole, the whole vegan thing, you know, um, it's not a bad option. And like I said, I, you know, I, I think a five day trial of that isn't crazy. There's, there's some pretty uh, interesting research now around, um, not complete fasting, but about a 500 calorie a day fast for four or five days, um, with a very low protein that causes, triggers all these, um, uh, physiological things. And you only need to do it like every quarter or once a year um uh but it actually causes uh, autoph- autophagy um which actually you know causes a lot of the older cells and cells that are that are maybe uh, deranged to be to be killed off and reabsorbed um so it's a good sort of reset for the body but uh, what were you going to say about banana diet
1: i don't even remember you've been talking so much in this episode man like it's <laughs> a lot i'm trying to listen you know
0: <laughs> it was it was about the banana diet or something like uh, that. Yeah,
1: you know, it was about how they used to treat diabetes before they discovered insulin, uh, which was basically to starve them. That was what oh. it was because every time you eat, when you're diabetic, there's always an increase in blood sugar, right? And I'm I'm you know in the early 1900s, we're talking type one was mm-hmm. the majority type of diabetes. It wasn't you didn't have the lifestyle that allowed type two like we do now, um, and so the treatment for type 2 or for type 1 diabetes was just don't eat. Eat as little as you possibly can. And then, you know, the, the people would live three, four years after they were diagnosed. If, like, you know, if longer than nine months kind of thing, right? Because they literally just starved themselves. So mm. it's incredible like how far we've come and also how much we have left to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then anyway, when they discovered insulin, it was like they saved lives like those people could now live right and they were yeah. still from pigs at the time but uh mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah i can hear the kids playing there in the background <laughs>
1: yeah, my kid is not playing he is He's playing video games actually not sleeping like i told him to <laughs>
0: um uh, and so, so again, going back to kind of actionable items, you know, find, find a, a small group of friends that, that you can hold each other accountable, whether it's a diet sort of change or, or, a, a, you know, creating your workout routines, um, or even just a partner, sometimes having a group, it's, it's easier to hide in the group, but, but again, having just one pe- one other person that you're know, like, all right, you're going to hold me accountable to showing up at the gym or meeting up with you to work out. And I'm going to hold you accountable on this other thing. And, and we're going to text each other every day to make sure that we're doing our, we're doing our stuff, you know, and, and, um, and I think it's, I think it's something it's a very, it's one of the powerful things that happened in all these CrossFit gyms was we took people who were either training out by themselves, you know, or tried training by themselves and have sort of realized that didn't work for them and washed out or people who, you know, tried personal training and, and maybe saw great results, but just, you know, couldn't afford it over time. Um, and we found this group class model, which allows, which allows some of that accountability and some of that community, that community piece. Um, and I think it's a really good, you know, uh, another tool, right? We, need, we all need to be able to work out by ourselves. We need to be able to work out in a group. We need to be able to be, we want to be able to be coached one-on-one as much as we can. Um, um, but, it, you know, uh, but I think there was that, that was missing for a lot of people was that sort of group environment. Um, for a more general physical fitness program, there was a lot of group you know, jazzercise and and other like dance classes and things like and some boot camp type stuff, but it wasn't the same. Um, wasn't that powerful from a programming and sort of systematic uh, approach to getting fit for life. Cool. So homework for you guys is to uh, uh, find what the thing that you're struggling with, and find someone, find one of your friends to help you to help you do it. Right to to uh, help you stick with it, and then. And then get some clear guidelines on exactly what you're supposed to do and exactly what they're supposed to do and make sure that you you're, you each are doing it. Let's talk about this article. Okay. Let's see. where Where is it?
1: So I found this article. It was my first article that I found. Um, normally, it's JJ sending articles. And then he asked me one day, like a month ago, he's like, maybe for the next webinar or for the next podcast you could find an article and I immediately said no I don't work for you and I'm not doing that (laughs) 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 I'm on this show because I I just I just love it and I want to help and I I could sit and chat with JJ all the time so we figured why not record it so um this article comes from a Canadian news channel the Canadian news channel actually Um, so Uh, it came up on my feed and I just love it. And when you work in the industry and we've come across this before, right? Like when you work in the industry, we see this kind of stuff all the time. this kind of like, like common sense. Like last week we talked about the diet pop thing and, um, you know, we've talked about other, other stuff before the week before that was the one where it was talking about men that didn't go to the doctor, which I had no interest in talking about, (laughs) um, but this one was talking about uh, the benefits of being out in nature. Now, in Japan, they will actually prescribe nature, like forest time, as, as a prescription for, like, as an antidepressant, as opposed to prescribing drugs and stuff like that. They'll prescribe, like, okay, 20 minutes a day in the forest and um, stuff like that. And, and we're starting to see it here in the eastern provinces as well. Uh, they're prescribing really cool stuff for mental health treatment stuff like, um, like community. So we, we were just talking about community and the benefits of like doing stuff with your friends. So they're actually prescribing social time as ways to treat anxiety and depression and other mental illnesses, as well as getting out into nature and spending time on the water, which is what they do at the East Coast and the ocean. Um, and then this article is so amazing because it has this incredible throwaway line right but like, just, researchers
0: I want... also found children with attention deficit hyperactive disorder who take 20 minute who take a 20-minute walk in a park can improve their symptoms as effectively as if they took a dose of prescription stimulant medication that's the line that i are talking about
1: <sighs> What? so crazy right
0: yeah, I mean, imagine if they did this, you know, before, if it was just, you know, commonplace where instead of like, I mean, un- unorganized play recess, I think is under underutilized, but again, if teachers knew they were going to have to sit down and take a, you know, really focused quiz or like some really dense material, they just took the whole class out and they went for a 10 minute walk, right? And then, you know, just went through the trees or whatever and got outside and then came back in and sat down and, and dug in. Um you know, this, this should just be, this should just be common knowledge now. And again, we should be thinking about how we can incorporate this into our education system and in our lives in general, right? Cause they do go on to talk about jobs and uh, college students and things like that as well.
1: Yeah. So when you're planning, like how, you know, when we talk about actionable items, you can think about if you're a coach, are you prescribing time outside to your clients? Like how often does your programming allow your clients to be outside and to be doing stuff in nature? So if you're at a gym and your coach is like, you got to be here five days a week, seven days a week, whatever. No, you don't. (laughs) Because you need to also be spending time outside in the real world, getting all the benefits that this article talks about, right? And if you're a normal everyday human and you're just looking to make a change, I would suggest that if you do like get your eight hours of sleep and spend an hour outside every week, you would see like a world of difference in all of your health aspects. An hour outside, not like sitting in the middle of a concrete jungle, but like going for a hike or walking a forest or something, right?
0: Yeah. And they even say here, it, um, it's been shown to, to reduce cortisol levels, the stress hormones, cortisol tends to cause all kinds of other issues. Uh, when you have elevated cortisol levels, uh, for long periods of time. Um, one of the, one of the main ones we see is actually abdominal fat, so kind of fat around the viscera. So that's like love handles in the belly is, is cortisol, um, can, can be one of the, one of the factors around that. And uh, so for example, one of the common things that you see with um, endurance athletes and and triathletes is they kind of have the spare tire, right? So they're pretty lean in their, in their arms and legs. And these guys go train for hours a day, but then they have this, this, and it's because they're training, a lot of times their training volume to be competitive is taking them to that area where they're stressing their bodies out. And so they have elevated cortisol levels. And so then you have that extra, that extra visceral fat that we're trying to, you know, or, or belly fat that we're trying to get rid of. Um, but they said even just going out for 10 minutes or more, they, you know, they did it for eight months and, you know, without a cell phone, get outside, go for a, a, uh, somewhere that's somewhere that's relaxing. Um, and it was shown to, to, to reduce cortisol levels, you know? And so, you know, it's one of those things that, that, um, people are always look, it's always hard to get rid of things, to take things out of your schedule that are part of your routine, but sometimes it's easier to add something in that's really simple and easy and, and it's life giving and, and makes you feel better. And this is one of those things.
1: The other thing is like, if you, if you go to think back on when was the last time that you spent time outside and if it, if it has been too long, like more than a week or a month or something like that, like I get it, it's been the winter and everything, but still you might have to rearrange some things in your life to make space for it, right? Like when you're, when you are going to add in a new habit and we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the past on other shows, but you need to make sure that you're going to create an opportunity so when I was reading this article I'm going to be moving soon like in the next 12 months we're probably going to be buying a new house somewhere closer to the kids school because I want them to be able to have the lifestyle where they can walk to school and I was (laughs) reading this article and immediately I was like are there any forests I started googling and like looking up the new area. are there any trails that we can walk through to like get to school and like if you could build it into your life That's the best way to do it. So if you can imagine like all the benefits that this article talks about, and there's so much research on the internet about the benefits of being in nature and just going for a walk. Um, If you could incorporate that into your everyday life, like if you're in um, a lot of business parks these days or like industrial parks have green space, right? And if you go and like do a 15 minute walk, a 20 minute walk on through the green space that's there every single day, like it will change your life, <laughs> and it seems so. Like oh, like all I'm doing is walking, but it's not that. It's so much more than that, right?
0: Yeah, and and I, I mean I like to I, I do like to speculate what is really going on here. You know, it could be way more complex than than any kind of simple answer can summarize. But you know, it's probably it probably has to do with the sunshine. And I mentioned the sleep thing earlier. Getting some sun early in the morning is really important for res- resetting your circadian rhythm. And um, it also helps you know helps you fall asleep. So, you know, is it the sunshine? Is it the fresh air? Is it does it have something to do with the plants? I've seen similar studies. They talk about being near bodies of water, um, um, which is again another form of nature. So, but it could be a, you know a big pool or a fountain or something like that with greenery around it. Um, but I, I don't know. What do you, what do you speculate is is going on?
1: Um. I think when we're talking strictly about stress, uh, like I think that there's the obvious like, you know, when you're in nature, there's more oxygen. Um, there's the sunshine stuff like there is. So there's all like the the physiological stuff that happens. Uh, but I think it has to do with just the stimulus, like the level of stimulus. When you're walking through a forest, there's not flashing lights and there's no cars speeding by. And like it just slows everything down, but it still provides... And like a lot of stimulus there's always something to look at there's always like whatever it relaxes your eyes like I remember after a really rough winter here where I was just working and on my computer all the time in the first trail run that I did in the spring I literally like five or ten minutes into it I literally felt like a weight was being just lifted off my not just my shoulders but my whole body and like my eyes were relaxed and I felt like like tension like leaving my body and I'm not saying that to sound like hokey or like some crazy hippie or anything but like that's literally what I felt and I, it, I think it just has to do with the amount of stimulus that you're exposing yourself to it's not fake it's not like the fake smells and the fake lights and the fake whatever it's it's everything that your body is designed to intake right Yeah,
0: it's its natural it's its its, its natural habitat yeah yeah I, I, you know I guess I guess you could comparing it to an animal you take an animal out of you know wild animal and you put it even in you know, a very like fun or like, you know, well-designed enclosure, it's still not going to, it's still going to be stressed out for a long period of time and it'll still be happier in its natural, natural habitat, I guess is, is one. Yeah. I really, I really wonder about the future, you know, like with, with, with like projection technologies and the screens getting bigger and stuff like that. Like, I wonder if eventually we'll be able to do that, like have a room in our house or, or it will just be commonplace to have walls that are programmable and people and like, I even think about like, um, You know, kind of really forward thinking like, well, will this kind of become one of your prescriptions that like the the artificial intelligent health management program that helps you take care of your health says like you haven't spent enough time outside, you know, and and, um, you know, hey, if, if you if you go get outside, we'll give you this reward or maybe this penalty if you don't. But if you can't get outside, you know, you can spend time in this in, you know, this this faux forest. You know that that somehow has the right light spectrums and everything else maybe I mean maybe that's some maybe that's an option I don't know that's why I was wondering what the mechanisms might be if there if there could be a, a technology uh, dip, a way to, to, to technologically you know enhance it just saying it's someday I'm gonna write a book a novel about the future I already have some ideas <laughs> <laughs> And that was, that was kind of the kind of stuff I was thinking about is, you know, people basically who are, everyone shut in and how do you, how do you, you know, how does the human body co- you know cope with that? How do we still, how do we still get health? And again, from a, from a medical standpoint, from a healthcare standpoint, you know, everyone's wearing, you know, devices and things and they can start measuring all this stuff and it knows you haven't been outside, you haven't got enough sunshine or, you know, fresh air and that sort of thing. It could also be uh, the walking too, you know, um, just getting out and, and, and the, the walking itself has its own physiological benefits um, uh, rather than just you know uh, you know sitting in a, in a room that's a faux a, a faux uh, forest or whatever. So so I mean I think the I think the takeaway here is is um, none of us are getting outside enough and and uh, it's it seems like just one more thing to add but but um, I think a lot of times you know I even suspect that like and I've seen sort of some of the research that supports this that you know a lot of times that the habit of smoking. You know they talk about this in the, the power of habit and stuff. sometimes it's just I need to leave my desk and go away for for a few minutes, and they start looking forward to that break. so they're not only craving the nicotine it's actually just the break the breakup of the monotony right and the, and the, and the reduction of stimuli and so so uh, you know just go instead of doing a smoke break or going you know where you go outside and you have a cigarette. Um, you actually go outside and go for a walk in the little green, the little green space, you know, and and uh, you know, and that could be part of what's triggering that. You know, I think I do think even from a um, just sort of observationally, there's a lot of people who, who tend to still smoke that that again that when they're in, when they're in public, um, crowded environments, it's nice to be able to have somewhere to go outside to be by yourself for a few minutes right or or just be around a couple people instead of being in this like crowded space and so it's nice to just go take you know get away and so then they start smoking you know they they, they maintain that habit because they they you know they don't realize that, yeah it's the nicotine that they're craving but it's also the, the the break from all the stimuli um
1: that's really interesting that you say that i was just we were for it was my dad's birthday yesterday and we were over for family dinner and my brother's girlfriend has just she was she pulled out like a nicorette thing mm-hmm. to suck on and i was like Oh, did you quit smoking? That's fucking awesome. She's like, yeah, it's been like three months, but that was exactly what she said. She's like, I miss the breaks. I miss like just taking like at work, getting up and walking around for a little bit, and and going outside and getting the fresh air. And she's like, so now it's like it's like weird. Like I still want to do that, but I don't want to smoke. So it's like you said, it's that habit. But I will also say that in Canada we have this hilarious ad um, that. <laughs> It's just, it's an ad for Nicorette, and the winters here are ridiculous, right? So oh, yeah. Crazy and blowing, and and so it's, it's this, like, adventure ad where it's, like, you know, you feel like a cigarette, and then you're going to go outside and have a cigarette, and it makes us all, like, the wind is blowing, and it's like, you could stay inside and chew some gum. like. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, it's the habit cigarette commercial. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. Good. Very effective marketing. Um, definitely talking about it. Well, that's it for today, guys. Again, um, think about your triggers. Think about what, what triggers you could remove. Like we talked about last week that are causing bad habits. And then think about what triggers you can implement to implement good habits like me and my, my back rehab. And then, um, but also find those, find those friends, find those little people, those, those, not little people find those <laughs> little group of people <laughs> to, to hold accountable. Now you have to do the work too. You can't just, you know, take, 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 you gotta like, again, text each other. And it's and it's really about motivations. Um, you know, what, what's, what's the old, uh, was it the old eight fa- African fable? I think it was ASAP or whatever was, um, uh, to go fast, go alone, but to go long, go together. Right. And, and I think, uh, I think that's true, you know, in in many things in life is if you want to get something done right away, you know, you might get a quick, a quick fix, but is it really going to take you, you know, really implement for the long part of your life? It's better to have people, people to do it with. Um, and then let's, let's end, let's end with, uh, um, uh, with me falling in the water again. (laughs) I I think we can
1: favorite thing to do outside, but this is better
0: my, I will, I don't know if I would try this again. It was, it was, uh, um, uh, I think it was like 60 bucks for like 30 minutes, but I was done. I like, I I was like after this fall on a couple more. So that you guys who do my programming and you're mad at me sometimes because of all the pain I put you through, you can just, you can just put this on repeat. Bam. I don't, I don't know if I have, I don't know if I can do the audio, but it's like i, I slap hard on my back, and it's like you know a, ba- a belly flop on your back from about 15, 20 feet up, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: I have a life jacket on, though it's not. That oh, cool. it
0: knocked the wind out of me, and and I, my head hurt afterward. I was I was hurting for sure, but uh, um, but it was fun, and and uh, um, and again, you know, one of the things that that I was talking to Gigi about here too was was the fact that you know, the Thrive logo logo is as is a, is a sun and mountains and water. And, you know, that's because I really do view our programming as a way to, again, the working out in the gym is there so that we can go on these awesome adventures and spend time outside and spend time doing trying new things, you know, and, and being able to, um, you know, say, Oh, I really, really want to try that. I really want to do that. And then being able to go out and do that because we're fit enough and we're healthy enough to, to have these fun things. So there you go. All right, guys, thanks a lot and uh, we'll see you next week. Say bye, Gigi.
1: Bye.